Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Hello friends, and welcome to this, A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. Welcome back guys, so today we're going to be covering something totally different. We're going to be looking at The Newsroom, Season 1, Episodes 1 to 3. The cast list includes Jeff Daniels as Will McAvoy, Emily Mortimer as Mackenzie McHale, John Gallagher Jr. as Jim Harper, Alison Pill as Maggie Jordan, Dev Patel as Neil Sampat, Sam Waterstone as Charlie Skinner, Thomas Sadusky as Don Kiefer, and Olivia Munn as Sloane Sabbath. So this show now has been one of my favourites for a long time. I absolutely love it. It is something that I'm really excited to talk about. And when this first came along, I was really excited to watch it. It's by Aaron Sorkin, who did things like The West Wing and Studio 60, as well as a few good men, which is a favourite film of mine as well. So I was really, really excited to do this. And that cast is just fantastic. I'm doing Def Patel now and in a future episode. And I believe that John Gallagher Jr. is also in Modern Love, which I'll be covering in a couple of weeks' time. So you've got Dev Patel this week, Dev Patel next week, and then John Gallagher Jr. the following two weeks. So the interlinked series episode one we just decided to the episode starts with will mcavoy sitting on a stage he is a debate with representation from both the republican and the democratic parties they're arguing about as per usual which party is best and why it's best for the country will sat in the middle of them both and is detaching himself from the conversation He seems to just be zoning out and he keeps seeing someone in the crowd that is familiar to him. But then the light shifts and the face changes. So he thinks it's just an hallucination. But every time that the presenter keeps asking him questions or his opinion on things to try and stop the heat between the two other candidates, Will just keeps coming up with one-liners and it starts to annoy the host. They seem to be on a university campus taking questions from students. And when the question, what makes America the greatest country, is asked by Jenny, the Republican and the Democratic candidate say, freedom and freedom, and diversity and opportunity. Will answers, the New York Jets. Then when he's pushed, he reiterates what the others have said, but the host wants an answer. At this point, Will's looking into the crowd and he sees the woman. She's got a legal pad in front of her, and she keeps holding up a sign saying, it's not, but it can be. After a moment of getting pressured by the host, Will explodes at him, and he says, it's not, then opens up a tirade on America, both parties and even the question. As he's doing this, it's being filmed, but at the end, Will starts to give a rousing speech about how America can be the greatest again, but this part seems to fall on deaf ears. The clip goes viral, because obviously it does. Will comes off the stage, and everyone's yelling at him, and he goes what did I say, and gives some line about vertigo medication. We cut to two weeks later, Will goes back to work as a news anchor, 
but notices nothing different when he walks into the newsroom. In the newsroom are Maggie and Don. They're arguing about Don meeting Maggie's parents. He's avoiding it after four months because he thinks it's too early. Don is also very domineering when it comes to Maggie and his relationship with her. He keeps asking her to come to 10 o'clock with him as his new slot, but she keeps telling him that she doesn't want to. Will is the one who showed faith in her and made her his assistant, but Don says, well, he promoted you by accident. He doesn't even know your name. Don is an executive producer at ACN, which is Atlantic Cable News, which is owned by AWM, which is the Atlantic World Media. Will comes out of his office after a moment and asks where the staff is. He's told by Don, just go up to see Charlie Skinner. Will reiterates the question and Maggie comes over and says, you need to go and speak to Charlie. Charlie is the ACN president, so he's the president of the news division. Once Will heads up there, we find that Charlie is rather eccentric. He tells a story at one point of how he was once in a bar in Da Nang and how he saw this beautiful woman on stage. She was dancing and he thought, I'm never going to be able to get a girl like that. And at that point, she slipped, fell off the stage and fell right into his lap. And he says to Will, and that's a story of just how sometimes things just fall into your lap. And that's the kind of person Charlie is. He comes out with some stories that just make no sense, but are really funny. But after a moment, Charlie informs Will, Dom is taking Will's staff to the 10 o'clock show and that Will will have a new team. Will goes down to confront Don, and also the presenter of the new show, who is Elliot Hirsch, played by David Arbour. While he's speaking to Don, Don gives him some home truths, and tells him that he's not a nice guy, that nobody likes working for him, and that he just shouts at people for no reason. Will later goes for a drink with Charlie, and while he's sat with Charlie, Charlie tells him that his new EP, executive producer, will be... Mackenzie McHale. Everyone says that she's the best EP in the game, but at the minute nobody's got space for her. She's just come off foreign tours, covering places like Afghanistan and Iraq and getting shot at by the Taliban. So now she's come home and she just wants to have a quiet life with a quiet job. But it also turns out that Mackenzie's Will's ex, which Charlie knew about. Mac arrives on that same day and finds out that Will didn't know anything when she first meets Maggie and Will has already gone downtown and started to renegotiate his contract. This gives Don another opportunity to have a dig at Maggie because it seems everything's fallen apart before it's even started. But after he goes to carry on the planning of the next broadcast, Mac speaks with Maggie about Don and tells her that she's crazy about loyalty and then promotes her to an associate producer role. It's at this point that Jim walks in, and by walks I mean stumbles because he falls over Mac's bag. He's upset because he's just found out that Will didn't know a thing about what was going on, and that basically she's dragged him across the country, potentially not even to have a job. But all Mac's concerned about at this point is trying to set Maggie up with Jim. She keeps hinting to him that he should fall in love with her, She's obsessed with it. Will eventually comes back and speaks with Mac. He's changed his contract so that he can fire Mac at the end of each working week. And he's negotiated a million dollars each year off his contract to be able to do so. Don and his team start coming out into the newsroom and start researching what they're going to be doing for the next broadcast. 
it's here that Jim notices a news alert on the console, but at the minute it's only yellow. So everyone just keeps ignoring it. The date flashes up on screen and it's the 20th of April 2010. The news alert is that there is an explosion in the Gulf of Mexico and it turns out that this is the day that the BP oil spill happened or Deepwater Horizon as most people know it. But Don keeps ignoring it and the more that Jim insists that he sees someone about it, Don just gets more and more irate. It's here that a few of the staff start to take notice, including Neil, who starts giving facts about this whole situation and what could possibly be happening. But Don just keeps ignoring everything that's going on and he keeps telling Jim to stop being disruptive. Back in Will's office, Mac is trying to convince Will they can do the news properly, the way that they always wanted to do it. It will be proper stories, hard-hitting journalism, and well-informed electorates. They want to inform America, and not just filler stories, like kittens or trees and things like that. They're going to do proper journalism. Outside, however, Jim gets two sources to talk to him about what's been going on in the Gulf. And after Don once again rejects him, he goes and speaks to Mac. Once Will hears the story and the fact that Don is so against it, he decides to give Jim a shot. He kicks everyone out of the newsroom who is going to 10 o'clock with Don for the next two weeks and tells them that they're going to be fully paid. But right now they have a story to do. Everyone gets prepared and they speak to all the sources that they need to and they get as much information as possible for Will to go on air for a full hour talking about the whole event that's going on in the Gulf of Mexico. But just before he goes on air, Mac starts to mess with him, really getting in his head and trying to rile him up. She knows that when he's in this zone, he's at his unstoppable best. So that's where she's trying to get him to. And she's right. He absolutely nails it. He goes for a full hour and talks without any prompts on the teleprompter, apart from the word vamp. He just goes through the whole thing with the producer in his ear just telling him what he needs to do. After the news bulletin from Will, the news alert goes red. Nobody else covers it up until the end of their broadcast. And even then it's barely mentioned. But as anyone knows who lived through or saw that, it was one of the biggest environmental stories of our lifetime. As Neil put it in the episode, it's essentially like someone pulled the plug out of the earth and millions and millions of gallons of oil spilled out into the Gulf of Mexico. At the end, there seems to be a little bit of a truce between Will and Mac, and just as he's leaving, he tells Mac that he thought he saw her at the university. It's here that, just as the elevator door closes, Mac reveals that it was her, and she's changed the course of Newsnight forever. Episode 2, Newsnight 2.0 Due to the fact that Don told him that he was unfriendly, and the fact that he kept calling Maggie Ellen, because that was his old assistant's name in the first episode, Will has decided to start learning everyone's names, and he's got profiles of each one, so that he can learn a little bit about them. When Will speaks to Mac, he tells her that they should still be covering the BP oil spill, because it's good television. Mac shouts him down straight away, and tells him, we're not here to do good television we're here to do the news i think that should be reiterated more in certain news outlets these days because they should be doing the news they should be informing the people and they don't seem to they seem to scare and that is one reason i don't want the news a lot 
Will also tells Mac that he doesn't want anyone in the office to know why they aren't together anymore, and she agrees to not say a word to anyone. But due to the fact that the oil spill was such a success, Charlie is now having a meeting with Reese Lansing, played by Chris Messina, who is president of the AWM network. They're talking about ratings, and the fact that the ratings have gone up since the oil spill story, and they want to keep plugging that story as much as possible. But Charlie tells Reese it's not happening. We're doing the news. We're doing it the way that Will and Mackenzie want to do it, and the way that Charlie wants to do it. So they're going to be moving on. And he also tells him not to break down the numbers for Will. So they apparently have a quote-unquote secret meeting about ratings all the time. And Charlie wants that to stop, so it stops getting in Will's head about how popular he is, or who's watching and who's not watching, because it's affecting the way that Will would do the news. Essentially, Charlie doesn't want numbers to drive content. So because they're starting News Night 2.0, Mac's only concern is that they are concentrating on the news, not on the competition, because the competition is still doing the oil spill. And since everyone else was late to the party on this oil spill, Mac wants to get out ahead of the news and start doing things properly. So Maggie has to do a pre-interview with a state governor's representative from Arizona about a story regarding emigration, which is going to be one of the big talking points of the first Newsnight 2.0 episodes. Jim wants to prep her, but as he keeps talking to her, she's just getting more and more aggressive towards him, and he can tell that she's ready to do it, but then he mentions a name of the person that she's going to be speaking to. Maggie gets a little bit sheepish about the fact that she has to talk to this guy, with no reason why. Mac's still trying to put the format together for the Newsnight 2.0, and she wants the economist Sloan Sabbath, who works for the News Network, to come on the show and do five minutes every night to talk about the economy, how they got there, where the future is. Sloan tells her that it's an amazing opportunity, and she has an abundance of people that Mac could get in touch with who would fill that slot brilliantly. And Mac tells her, I know you're qualified enough to do this, and none of those people will have your legs, essentially. She's using Sloan's sex appeal to try and keep viewers interested, not only in Newsnight 2.0, but the economy. Sloan tells Mac that she understands about what happened with her and Will, and the fact that he cheated on her. It's at this point that Mac gets offended, and she tells her, no, you've got that all wrong, and she keeps stumbling over her words, trying not to give the game away about what happened. But she tells Sloan that he's not a bad guy, he didn't do anything wrong, it was all on me. But Sloan won't believe her, and she just keeps saying, yeah, yeah, you're just blaming the victim. And Mac's just trying not to spill the beans. Sloan tells Mac that she's enabling an ass, and Mac can't tell Sloan anything about what's gone on. So she's bending over backwards to try and change her mind without giving her any real information. So Reese keeps his meeting with Will because he's not happy about what Charlie's trying to do. And he's certainly not happy with the fact that Mac's working where she is. He thinks it's a bad idea and he thinks it's going to fail on his network, which will cost viewers, advertising, sponsorships and many, many other deals. And while he's talking to Will, he suggests a segment regarding Sarah Palin in an interview that she did recently and telling Will that all other networks are making a mockery out of this segment and that he should present it properly. But Will tells him, no, we're not doing that. We're not taking cheap shots. We are going to do the news, as it's been suggested. Maggie fucks up the interview and loses the guest for the segment on the show that night. It turns out that in uni, 
she'd been sleeping with the guy who she was interviewing and didn't disclaim this to Jim. But also on the night that she went back to his apartment, his ex-girlfriend battered down the door and Maggie had to hide under the bed. But they had sex while Maggie was under the bed. And during the pre-interview, Maggie made a snarky comment about finishing early and the representative didn't take kindly to it and cancelled the whole interview. And the governor ended up going onto a different network and no one from their office was willing to speak to them anymore. So Maggie is now scrambling to try and find new guests for this segment, while Jim is sticking up for her with Mac. Mac also asks if everyone thinks that Will's an arse, and nobody wants to answer. She goes to bat for Will, and then and sends an email on the new internal office system, which she doesn't quite understand yet, and ends up sending it to all the staff, that tells Will that everyone thinks that he cheated on her when it was her who cheated on him. And at this point, Will comes out of his office and is furious because everyone has now seen the email after Mac has panicked over what's happened. And then she has to tell him that they've fucked up the interview as well and that they've lost the guest and that they're trying to sort it. Mac speaks to Will in his office and tells him she fucked up. She slept with her ex because she didn't know how she felt about Will. But because she slept with her ex, she knew that she was in love with Will. And when she told him that she'd slept with her ex, Will just couldn't forgive her and he just wished that she'd never told him and they could have just lived in ignorance. So Will goes to one of the other producers and tells her to put the Sarah Palin interview in the last segment of the night, but not to tell Mac about it. Just before the broadcast, Maggie goes in to see Will and tells him that she was the one who fucked up the segment tonight and if he wants to fire her, that it's fine. She can just quit and she can go and work at 10 o'clock with Don because he's been asking her to come over. Will tells her, I hope you don't quit. When it comes to the segment about immigration, it is an absolute fucking dumpster fire. It's a, sh- it's a shit show. They've got four guests. One is incredibly racist. One is a second runner-up in a beauty contest. And another has requested to have his gun in the shot throughout because his gun has a name and he believes in the right to bear arms. Throughout, Will just keeps throwing to each one of the guests as they get more and more down a rabbit hole of hate and horrible opinions and not the Newsnight 2.0 that they were looking to do. Throughout, Matt keeps telling him to pull out the segment and that she's sorry. She just needs him to get over this segment. But he keeps plugging away till the segment ends. Will then also has his own segment to go through with Sarah Palin, which is a disaster as well. He stumbles over his words and he can't justify the segment whatsoever, even though he's the one that requested it. And when he comes off camera, Matt comes over to him and tells him that he's a coward because he wants people to like him. And the only reason he did that segment was so that people like him. And he ended up making himself look like a fool trying to defend someone who, in her eyes, looked like a fool in the first place. They go to a bar and Maggie's beating herself up about this whole thing. She tells Don that she thinks that they should break up, and when Don agrees, she realises that she's fucked up again. She's drunk and she tries to take it out on Jim, but he puts her in a taxi and sends her home. At the end of the episode, Will rings Mac and apologises to her for what he's done, and he knows that they can make 2.0 a success. Episode 3, The 112th Congress With them now deciding to do the news properly, instead of fluff stories and biased opinions, Will makes an on-air apology to the American people, saying that Newsnight lost its way in informing them properly 
and unbiasedly throughout the last few years in pursuit of ratings. He tells them that that is to stop and they will be doing the news the way it should be, ensuring that the Americans know the truest version of any story, which includes all sides of the story, as long as they're well-researched and nothing but the facts. The speech really stirs something within Don, and he goes and speaks to Jim. Although he's drunk at the time, he tells Jim that he could have done the news that they wanted to do. And when Jim tells him that you should, you should do it, you know, follow up at 10 o'clock with what we've been speaking about, have other guests come in that can talk about the story. Don tells him that he has to bring people to 10 o'clock and if he doesn't, he'll be fired. He has to do it the way that the network has been doing it for years and he has to have the fluff stories and he has to have the biased opinions because otherwise he'll just be fired. So Don's really pissed because with Will saying all this about how he and Mackenzie are the media elite, it now makes him look like a bit of a dick on his show at 10 because he has to go back to the old style. A while later, Charlie is in a meeting with Reese and Leona Lansing. Leona is the owner of AWM and she's also played by Jane Fonda. The ratings have dipped since Will's apology and he's lost all the momentum that he had from his moment of Northwestern in the first episode and the oil spill story. And now, because he's apologised, he's dropped even more viewers because they're doing the news properly and, and in a way that the American people apparently didn't want to see. It also seems that major news stories aren't helping the ratings go up. For instance, the Times Square bombing on May 4th, 2010. It then goes back to that day and shows what happened. So it cuts to the story where the bombings have already happened. It's been reported but nobody is reporting certain facts. For instance, Maggie uncovers something. While she's doing research, she finds out that the man who actually raised the alarm about the bomb in the car was a Muslim man. Throughout every story, the religion of the bomber had been a major factor and that everyone, would blame, and that everyone was blaming Muslims because the bomber was a Muslim. But actually, the man who saved people's lives as well was also a Muslim. And she thinks that if the religion of the bomber is important, the religion of the man who saved people should be too. So Charlie keeps trying to defend the show because he tells them that it was a good show, it informed people properly, it was the best version of that story. A lot of people praise ACN for the way that they handled the story. But Reese isn't happy because it doesn't matter about what people perceived of the story. It's the amount of money they can make off the story. They can't sell advertising rights if ACN is failing and losing viewers. It affects the bottom line. We see a timeline between May, when the bombing happened, and November, when the elections happened, that will get some anonymous polling data about the Tea Party, and it really boils his blood. He wants to do as many stories on the Tea Party as possible, because he sees what their original values were and what they are now as an interesting story. So he wants to keep talking about how corrupt they actually are. And it turns out that the person who sent him that data was Charlie. Will keeps taking jabs at the Tea Party on air on several different matters, including finance, racism, and even the fact that one of the members essentially threatened to overthrow the government. Will's a former lawyer, and, and he's using his platform like a cross-examination in a witness box. Essentially, he's turned Newsnight into a courtroom. And this is another bone of contention with Reese, 
because he's not happy with the way that Will is conducting himself on air. He gets into real trouble when he calls out the party for being homophobic as well. The almost final straw regarding the tea party is when Will calls out the Koch brothers. These are two extremely wealthy business owners in the US, believe that their net worth is in the billions and they have more money than God, basically. But he asks two members of the Tea Party where their funding comes from, live on air, and these people say, oh, they're just donations, like from, you know, from small businesses or from, you know, if the people have got $10 or whatever, they can give it to the Tea Party and that's how we survive. And just all these people are trying to help us. And then he asks if they know Charles and David Coke. And they're like, Coca-Cola company. He's like, no, 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 Coke, as in they pretty much run America. And they're also the biggest donators to your party. Do you call them the average American? And they just sit stunned, not knowing what to say. It's because of this, Reese stops getting invited to certain meetings and certain conferences. And it's starting to affect Leona's business in front of Congress because they've called out someone who influences the government. During a pitch meeting, Maggie suffers a panic attack. She runs out onto the terrace, and when Jim sees Don, he asks if he's seen Maggie, and Don sort of just bats it off as, she has panic attacks, it happens, but Jim wants to help, so he goes out onto the terrace, and he goes and finds her, and he just talks her through it. Jim took quite a lot of training when he was out with Mac, doing stories on the military. So he saw quite a lot of war reporting and action out there. So he's been embedded with soldiers and he knows how to help them adjust to bad situations and knows how to calm people down if they need to be calmed. He uses this on Maggie and they begin to bond. They clearly have feelings towards each other, but Maggie keeps trying to justify her relationship with Don and Jim is very flippant about his feelings towards that relationship. He tells them, You either stop breaking up or you break up for good because what you're doing to each other isn't good. You keep breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and it's not fair on anyone. It's later on that Neil tells Jim that Maggie and Don split up a week ago and that maybe maybe he had a chance with Maggie. But he tells Neil that he already blew it because he's told her to stay with him and make something of that relationship. So now he would be a hypocrite if he turned around and said, Hey, I like you. Throughout the episode, we keep seeing Will going on many, many dates with with several different types of women. The first is the head cheerleader and choreographer of the New York Jets. So when he gets called out by Mac for this, the next date that he has is with an actual brain surgeon, to which Mac has no comeback. And the next time he goes out on a date, Maggie notices, and she tells Will that if she is being out of line, then she's sorry, but she thinks that Will should start meeting these people either at the restaurant or in the lobby because it's not fair on Mac, it's affecting her and she doesn't need to be put through it and he understands and he takes on board what she said. So finally we have the election night, this is on November 2nd 2010 and everything seems to be going well so far but when it turns out that Mac is now dating someone and she's brought him into the studio, Will seems to be a little bit off put by it and a little bit taken aback by it as well and it starts to affect him a little bit on screen. And that's where the episode ends. It cuts back to Charlie's meeting with Leona. She kicks Reese out and she talks frankly to Charlie. She tells Charlie 
to get the show back on the road, get him back to doing what he used to do best, because if it keeps influencing her business, she's not going to be happy. And she says that she will create context to fire Will if she needs to. When Charlie tells her that you won't be able to compete against Will if you fire him, he will go to another network and he will be a massive success. And Leona tells him, doesn't matter if he goes to another network, he won't be able to go on there for another three years because of the renegotiated contract that he's got. So essentially, him being off three years is career suicide. So, the newsroom. What an interesting concept for a show this was. And when I when I first saw the initial speech from Will, it blew my mind. Um, for someone, and I know, I know the opinions online about Aaron Sorkin and his writing and things like that, and that's fine. You know what? If you don't agree with the way that he writes, okay, that's a conversation to be had, but. I think seeing the way that Will runs down the country and not just uh, one side's bad, the other side's bad. He runs down everything and he runs the numbers and he gives facts and he gives detail about how the country was the greatest. But it is, like most countries in the world at the minute, in a lot of trouble. You know, I'm I'm English and we are in a shitstorm at the minute. Um, but I I don't want to get into politics on this podcast. It's not my thing. It's not really my interest. But I find it fascinating when a show calls out something like that. And, you know, even today, there is a lot of stuff that if I saw it on the newsroom, it would be an interesting viewing experience because there's so much going on right now but I think the fact that he was able to call out both parties and call out the country as a whole made this such a compelling watch from the start and I do wish that a lot of TV journalists would go down this route of having a fair unbiased opinion on things now obviously they're going to have leanings to whichever party they have leanings towards and if they're honest about that and they say you know I do support this party but and they see things from the other side I think I think the world would be in a lot better shape right now instead of fighting all the time against people of your own country and fighting against people who are just trying to do right in the world, we'd be able to make this world a better place and an easier place to live in. But who am I, right? I'm just some idiot on the internet talking into a microphone, which is not, which is probably not going to get listened to by many people, so... What does it matter? But that's my opinion. I just think the world needs to be a little bit more open to working with others and solving problems with talking and 
helping out your fellow man, really. But yeah, you know, these three episodes, I really like them. I think they go I think they give good range on all the characters. I think everyone does their job fantastically. For me, Don's character is the most annoying prick <laughs> I've watched on screen for a long time. And obviously the characters are written like that and I like I like the way that Thomas Sadusky does it. I think it's really, really good. And I haven't seen him in a lot of other things since this. Um, the other guys, you know, I've seen them in lots. I've seen them in lots of TV shows or films or whatever, but him, I haven't seen a lot of. And I think he's a very, I think he's very talented. But for me, I think my favourite character of all is um, either Sloan Sabbath or Neil. Because obviously I know what happens for both Sloan and Neil, but I find Neil really, especially in this first season, because he's such a background character, that whenever he pops up, it feels like a little bit of an event. It feels like he's there for a reason. And he'll just pop up, or he'll, for instance, the first episode, Don and Maggie are fighting in front of his desk when Will first walks into the studio and he just keeps saying things like, oh, I didn't know we were involved in your breakup or oh, I wish you wouldn't fight in front of my desk and it's just the little details that he's got and I think as his character grows, he gets better with the show. But yeah, this is very much one of my comfort blankets. I will sit and put this on and watch and watch and watch and if I ever see the Will McAvoy speech from the university. I instantly text my friend and I'm like, I'm watching it again. And she's like, yeah, I might have to watch it again as well. It's very clever. I do like it. But, you know, let me know what you guys think. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you manage to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.